Hi guys, welcome back to Milk and Honey Podcast. I am Eve. Usually I have Ruthie with me, but today um, we're going to do just a little part one of a series with just me because Ruthie is off busy doing finals, um, being a boss babe. So yeah, it's just me and you today. Um, We're going to talk about shaping your life into the best version of your life that it could be, um, what's in your control, what's in God's control, and just how to create your dream life. So first I'm just going to give you guys a little life update because I feel like it and I like to think that you guys are invested and I actually know that you are. I know that you guys who have been listening and who know me in real life care very much about my life and I appreciate that so much. So, the only real update I have is that I have been working a lot, um, like five days a week, and I know that that's like a normal person sort of amount um, of work, but I, I'm not used to it. I just have had a lot of mental health struggles, as you guys know, that have kept me from being able to work as much as I want to, and I had to quit my job um, a few months ago because of some issues there so um yeah getting back into the swing of things has been difficult but it's it's good I'm I'm actually really enjoying myself so and I also I can't actually remember if I mentioned this Ruthie would be able to tell me I miss you Ruthie (laughs) um but my heart did kind of get kind of broken um a little over a month ago now it was kind of a situationship that had been going on, and yeah, he he moved on from me to someone else, and it was kind of crushing, but you know, we're recovering, and I actually um, have started falling for someone else, and it feels very soon, as I have been kind of coming to terms with these feelings that have been rising up these affections, if you will, for this young man, I, um, I've had to tell myself, you know, like, it's okay to have feelings, it's okay, you know, to love, like, never be scared to love, or, um, afraid that your love is too much, or, um, I don't know, it's just, it's better to love and love passionately than to deny yourself the ability and the luxury of holding affection for the people you're attracted to. So, and I I am going to tell you guys right now, just between you and I, (laughs) I'm going to tell you guys right now that not only am I really attracted to this guy physically and mentally and in all those good ways, but I also really feel that I like him for who he is and not just the idea of him or what he could offer me, those are some big fears of mine, like, liking someone because of what they can offer me, even though that's, that's not my nature at all, um, I know I'm not the only one who can be afraid of being selfish sometimes, so, yeah, I feel a lot of hope, and I don't know why I felt so inclined to bring you guys along on this journey, but I will keep you up to date, and, uh, yeah, So I guess we're just going to jump right into the episode. I'm really excited to share 
what I have to say with you guys. I have put a lot of time and thought into what I'm talking about previously, but I have to admit I don't have a whole lot written down to go off of, so I'm just going to speak from the heart. And this might not be the longest episode, and that's okay. Um, I know sometimes I like to listen to shorter podcasts, and I like to listen to longer ones, so we'll try to make this one medium length. How's that? (laughs) So a few months ago now, I asked myself the question, what if I did all the things I know would make my life better? And I wrote down what those things were, and it looked like deleting Instagram and taking photos to make my own scrapbooks, selling my clothes. I have so many clothes that I don't wear anymore that I would love to get rid of. Paint beautiful things, write good things, and above all, seek God. I also wrote, I want to remember what it's like to fall in love with you by doing it all over again, so that when I find a good man, it'll be a twinkling reflection of the beaming glory of loving you. And just to expand on that a little bit, like, at the heart of all things involving improving my life, improving our lives, you know, self-improvement, all that, focusing on God is so important. I've spent a lot of time and energy on behavior modification, creating habits, creating rituals, and all that, and it can be really good in some senses, but in others, it just, I always end up feeling like I fall short. If God and the pursuit of him isn't at the center of everything that I'm doing, I just still feel an emptiness inside. And I remember reaching this place where I I longed for simplicity. I longed to get rid of the noise of social media and the need to share these images of my life with people, but just kind of long to keep those memories for myself and have them available to offer as a gesture to anyone who, you know, comes into my home. Like, yeah, here, you can look at, here's a glimpse into my life, you know. A screen is just so impersonal and and communication can feel so unclear and impersonal. Yeah, I just was struck with this longing to fall in love with God again and, um, And I, in that moment, totally linked it to, you know, how important that will be when I find the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Like, I want to have a deep understanding of love and what it is to love someone and to be loved so that in my marriage, we can be, we can resemble the image of God and his love. I don't want my life to be stale anymore, I also wrote. Life is a bright, flowing river, alive and fresh and abundant and ever-moving. It is alive and free, just like me. So ever since I had that initial thought, I've been kind of walking this journey of finding out what that means, what that looks like, beyond just doing those singular things that could improve my life, but actually having understanding of what is life and what is the value of life, and not in a philosophical or ethical sense even, just like understanding, first of all, time. And I'm not going to go too deep into this, but just like understanding that we are always living in the present moment. Like right now, I'm sitting in my room, 
looking at my things, I'm thinking about work tomorrow, I'm thinking about, you know, this guy, you know, I'm thinking about all these things, I'm always living this present moment, and there's almost this image of being like this limiting thing always in front of us that limits us to the present moment because we can never see into the future, we can never go back into the past. All we can do is right now in this moment, think our thoughts, do our things, be present, and that is sort of the, the downfall of being human. We, we have a, a limit to our knowledge, we have, our limit, we have a limit to, you know, what we're capable or what we feel we are capable of doing in the present moment. Um, there is such a, a push to be fast and to get things done and to have our lives together that I think so often we forget to be in this moment and we feel so much pressure from other people, from society, from media, from ourselves to perform well and to, um, even if we feel a need to rebel against the expectations of others and of ourselves, of whoever, we still limit ourselves and um, I just... I had this conversation with my mom last night, like, people have heard us before, you know, and there's nothing stopping us from going and burning their house down, or stealing some money and flying to another country and never coming back, like, there's nothing, like, as long as we have certain resources, we can do anything, and the only thing that keeps us from doing it is either our own beliefs about ourselves. Um, our expectations of ourselves, of others, or just simple kindness. Like, I'm not going to burn down someone's house because that would be unkind. (laughs) It would just, it would simply be unwise. And so we live our lives according to these expectations and these standards and um, just common courtesy and what is acceptable culturally, etc. And at the end of the day, I, I find myself sometimes in situations in life where I don't need to be here. For example, maybe I'll be in a social engagement where no one cares if I'm there and I'm having a miserable time. And, oh my goodness, I can leave and it's okay. And if someone's feelings are hurt, I apologize to them. You know, like, it's okay. Life is so just, it's not it's not this rock-solid thing. Life and time and everything, nothing is solid, nothing is set in stone. Like, our choices moment to moment shape us completely. And so, hopefully, what, I, what I've said right now, you can get a grasp for. Um, because the next part, the thing that holds it all together, that takes these this understanding of life and time being this like flexible thing that we have actually so much power over. The next part is the thing that holds it all together, and that is the Lord. We have so much freedom, we have so much ability to we have so much say actually over what happens in our lives. We can be the victim to natural disasters and unkind people and you know politics and all this stuff like we can be the victim but a lot of times kind of what I'm saying is that we can play the victim to life when in fact we are just the victim to our own limited thinking and like I said we have so much freedom but 
how are we ever going to make the right choices, the good choices, the choices that bring us to life if we don't have a guide? I've seen people come into their own and think, I can do anything now. And for example, something, a classic example would be people who aren't allowed to drink alcohol until they turn 21. Um, and then the moment that they're they're legal, they go crazy and they become alcoholics. And so I've seen that happen where people realize, you know, oh my goodness, my mom, you know, t- told me not to sleep around. Well, actually, I don't have to obey her. I'm going to go sleep around. And then they end up in really terrible situations. That's just one example. And like, you know, some people wouldn't have a negative experience with that. I get that. But you know, like, that's just an example of what can happen when you realize your power and you deny all influence of authority over what you do. I think that it's become clear throughout history that we don't do well without some figure of authority over us, and there is no better, kinder, more gracious, more wise authority than the Lord. So making these decisions, walking into a life that isn't wrought with guilt and shame and a fear of what other people think, walking out of that and seeking a life of freedom and of success and of joy, being free from the shackles of what is maybe natural or what is put in front of us, we're not going to be able to step into that joyful life without just consulting, without asking Jesus, like... So just to kind of recap, we have control of our own lives. We, once we come to an understanding of how free-flowing and non-concrete and, like, full of opportunity life is, we can understand how much freedom we have and walk into it, but... When we have this understanding of how much control, how many choices and options, and all that that we have over our own lives, and I understand that when it comes to God saying that we have control over our own lives, it sounds heretical, but it is, it's sort of just a universal reality that we, we can choose stuff. But the thing is, when we are in tune with the Holy Spirit, when we are asking him, what do you want me to do? etc. We are going to make choices that are a hundred times better than the choices we would make our, on our own. So this theory of having freedom and our choices in life is good and all, but our choices are going to suck if we are not consulting Holy Spirit. So for example, you know, I'm like, oh, I could do anything. I could rob a bank and be rich. I don't know. I, that doesn't work, I don't think, but you know what I mean, like, like, we could make these really terrible choices, and pay for them dearly, or we could think, I have this freedom, I'm not held back, I can start exercising every day, oh my goodness, God, isn't that so honoring of my body, oh, I can start, like, seeking out friends, like, going out to coffee with people, how beautiful would that be to be able to just, like, share, um, life with people, like, it's really, so much of this is about the way you, you look at things, the way that you team up with God as you come out of this victim mentality and think, oh my goodness, I have say 
over what happens to me. I'm going to say it, religion, the Christian religion has told us so much that we are victims of this unknown plan that God has for us. But I think that he wants us more involved, first of all, than um, they tell us he does. Like, if you actually read the Bible, if you, I've spent years now kind of disregarding all the religious mindsets and teaching that I've been given and looking at what the Bible actually says, and it's amazing how much Jesus, how much, like, power he actually gives us. He has given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind, and he, his, his teachings were inviting us to be involved and to be active in life. They weren't for us to sit around in a church pew or sit around letting things happen to us, waiting on some unknown thing, sitting stagnant, just waiting for some, like, lightning bolt to fall from heaven. No, he wants us active and pursuing life. Like, he has given us this life to glorify him and to bring glory to heaven and to love one another and to bring the lost home. Like, from the moment of creation, we were given choices and we are making choices and we can choose, like Adam and Eve did, to eat from the tree we're not like and the enemy is always trying to tempt us he's tempting us to make bad choices he's tempting us to be stagnant like when eve was offered the apple adam could have been like hey buddy no we're not doing this but he chose to be passive and we are constantly being tempted to make bad choices and to be passive but god invites us to walk life in the garden with him. He invites us on this journey of life with him, in unity with him, making choices, delighting in him, loving the people around us, loving the earth. And it's just so important to to make choices with him. And going back, because so many things for me, just in the season of life, go back to romance. <laughs> it's just where I'm at. I used to choose my guys, if you know what I mean. My last, all of my boyfriends, I chose them, and I did a pretty bad job. They're all fine, guys. They weren't for me. God is always going to do a better job of choosing who's in your life, what you do with your life, all those things, what your life looks like. He's always going to be better at it. So when I say you have control over your life, I mean it, but I also mean oh my goodness, girl, (laughs) you don't really know what you're doing. Let him teach you. Walk every day with him because life is going to be so much better like that. And that doesn't mean being passive. That doesn't mean taking your hands off the reins. For me, for a long time, I confused spiritual rest with spiritual sleep. Sometimes, like in the Bible, it says to rest, to rest in him. Sometimes we can end up falling asleep in life and being super passive. And if you are an Enneagram 9 right now, you're probably like, haha, called out because same. But I think a lot of us have fallen into that rut that we either are overproductive and exhausting ourselves trying to please the Lord or we fall into complete stagnancy. But the Lord wants us to live happy, healthy lives. 
Like, he genuinely does, and that takes faith. And I'm opening so many cans of worms here, so thank you for bearing with me. So the next thing I want to talk about is making mistakes and having self-compassion, which is something that I did not know existed for so long because the way I was raised in the church was, you're bad, and you make so many mistakes. But while we do indeed make so many mistakes, if you simply read the Bible, once again, if you simply read the Bible, you you will see how much grace God has for his children, how much love he has for them. If you read through the book of John, you will see how often it says Jesus was moved with compassion in his heart towards the people. Like, he has so much compassion for us, and there is so much tension between the religious you suck mindset like you are a sinner you aren't worthy of being saved and the self-love movement in the time we are living in um there is i think the truth really lies in the middle of where god loves us so much and he wants the best for us and he loves us unconditionally and he also wants us to make good choices that bring us closer to him and closer to life and draw the people around us closer to him and we need to have compassion on ourselves the way he has compassion on us i was having a conversation with some friends a couple weeks ago about guilt and how the reason why we are able to turn away from sin is because we feel guilty in the aftermath and i had to disagree of course feeling you know some measure of guilt is important because yeah if you make a mistake and you're like "Ah, it's fine every time you're not going to learn your lesson but guilt if you linger on it say say you fall into lust and you're like oh shoot how could i do that oh my gosh god forgive me oh i feel so bad like that can so quickly turn into shame and jesus came to the earth to set us free from shame and so we, when we make mistakes, whether it's a sin or just simply doing something stupid, like it's so important in that moment. And this, this is what the enemy hates. And this is what he doesn't want us to do. It's so important when we fall to immediately look to Jesus and be like, I'm so sorry. Thank you for loving me, even though I made a mistake. Because the enemy hates that. If you think that God likes it and delights in it, when we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I did that. Oh my gosh, I suck. How could I do that? Oh my word. Oh, words. If you think God loves that, he doesn't. You know who loves that? The enemy. He wants us to wallow in shame. But in so many Christian churches, we are urged to indeed feel this quote-unquote godly guilt which is basically just shame. If you actually just think about it for half a second, God, God, he doesn't delight in our shame. He wants to bring us into life, and the longer we are held captive by sin, which can even just be wallowing in regret for sin, like you are still being held captive by it. If you can't simply forgive yourself and receive the reality of Jesus forgiving you for it. I don't know about you guys, but I know that I have struggled a lot with 
just beating myself up. Like, even recording this, I keep on saying things wrong, and for a second I realized I was, like, totally kicking myself, but mistakes are, are easily, for the most part, they are easily fixed. Um, humility and apologizing to people and repenting to people and to God is so important, and it's a really important skill when it comes to being able to forgive yourself for your mistakes and to receive God's love and his mercy over your life. Alright guys, I hope that you were able to get something out of that. I hope it blessed you in some way. I hope you were inspired to seize the day. I hope to do a part two of this at some point, but um, I'm hoping that Ruthie will be back with me next week, and if not her, I'll probably have a little surprise guest on, so that'll be exciting. Um, yeah, I love you guys. I hope you're having an amazing Christmas time or Hanukkah time or whatever you're celebrating. Um, it's such a happy season, and I'm really looking forward to um, talking to you guys soon. I love you. Kisses. Mm-hmm.